0: Welcome to our third podcast titled Champions of Hope and Leadership. I am Ben Kirby, Superintendent of Lake Orion Community Schools. The inspiration for this podcast comes from the amazing people that have shaped me, inspired me, and given me hope as I have navigated my career as an educator. And more importantly, the people who I have witnessed be champions of hope and leadership for the tens of thousands of students and adults that I have crossed paths with throughout my life. Today on this episode, we have uh, Miss Julia Dalrymple, and she's a veteran teacher with us at Lake Orion High School, where she works with many students to prepare for DECA competitions and for successful futures in areas of business and entrepreneurship. Julia is also a community leader as a, as a board member for Orion Township. She's dedicated her Mondays to ensuring that families in our community get the food that they need. She is truly a champion of hope for many across the community. Ms. Dalrymple, tell us a little bit about the work of Forgotten Harvest. Well,
1: thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm so honored to be here today. So when the pandemic started uh, in Orient Township, we needed to figure out how to help people get through it. And one of the first things that we noticed is that um, food insecurity was becoming a really big issue. And so um, we partnered with Forgotten Harvest and Orion Township to bring a giant box truck full of food every Monday that comes to the parking lot across the street at Woodside Bible Church, who's now partnered with us too. Um, this is 157 weeks, was just on Monday, of delivering wow. food to families every single week.
0: Okay. All right. So do you guys have any idea on how many families you impact uh, on an average? I know it probably varies you know, week to week and holidays and all that probably make a difference, but there's probably some gauge I would I would guess.
1: There is. We can estimate anywhere between 300 and 400 families will come through the line. Um, and so that might be that one family picks up for them and their brother and someone else, or um, we get a lot of people who help their neighbors. Okay. And so um, we kind of started that project thinking like, This will just help people get through for a little while. And then we realized that not only in our area, but our close surrounding areas, um, what an issue it is. I mean, we've found that now that families have realized that the Internet is really a must in your house at this point. When we went to online school, that really proved the point. Um, that families are saying, okay, well, now I need $40 for the internet a month. What can we offset? And so we're finding a lot of families are just trying to make ends meet. And so that's one of the things, one of the goals that we're working towards is how can we feed you? Because we can't ask you to come to school and be a good student. We can't ask all of these things if you're hungry. Right.
0: right. So that's
1: step one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) One of those uh, hierarchy of needs. That's right at the basis. So Um, One of the silver linings of the pandemic then for sure. So how has the the need changed or has it maybe not changed, but how have you guys seen that since the pandemic and since you guys have started this work, uh, like last Monday, for example? Greater need, smaller need, about the same?
1: It kind of just depends. Um, We've seen it where um, we thought we were really slowing down for a period of time and then it ramped right back up. So we haven't really found a a rhyme or a reason to the schedule. We just know that we um, let Forgotten Harvest know, like we record our numbers, like we do reporting for that um, and let them know what the needs are and kind of where we are in the line. If we ran out of food, if we had too much food, like what are we doing? Um, And then they adjust that based on that for every week so we can kind of see what's going on. All the extra food that we get now, if there's anything left over. The other thing that we did is we started a physical pantry uh, at Woodside Bible Church. It's downstairs there um, towards the back. And um, people can come in and shop the shelves on Mondays and Wednesdays. So if you're a person who maybe doesn't need everything that's in the grocery line that day, or um, we get a lot of people who are just like, I live by myself, or I'm a single person, and I don't need all of this, but I just need a couple things to help make it by, they can come and shop the pantry themselves, which has been a really cool way to let more community members be involved because people always ask me, how can I help? What can I do? What What's the greatest need? And really, it's the things that you probably have in your house that we just need to get to everybody. So mm-hmm. cereal, peanut butter and jelly, like just those things to, to get everybody a good meal. Right. So <laughs> if
0: people have those things and they want to help, how do they do that? How do they take part?
1: So we thought of that too. And so there's actually one of those like Rubbermaid sheds out back um, up against the building and you can drive up at 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and there's shelves inside of it. And you can leave donations right there inside. And then on Mondays or Wednesdays um, and then on the weekends too, we check the pantry and then take it inside. And so it's a waterproof container, so nothing will get ruined in there. But people, we just say like when you're at the grocery store, whether you're at Meyer or Kroger or wherever you are, you know, pick up a couple extra things. And as you pass that on your way during the week, just drop it in the pantry because you never know who it's going to. And I think that's been a really big eye opener too. the people that, you know, that you maybe were like, wow, I didn't know we had this many families that needed help. And it doesn't matter because, like we said, you have to, you have to, you can't be hungry. we right. got to get you to step one first. Right.
0: So this awesome place, the the location, Woodside Church on Joslin. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like there's lots of opportunities for the community to contribute as well as to receive. So that's awesome. So yes. what drives you for this work? At some point, you made the decision that you were going to commit to this. And what 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 drives you to do this?
1: I think that um, that's actually such a good one. And I haven't really thought about that. I'm one of those people that when there's something that needs to be done, it's put your boots to the ground and we're going to figure out how to get it done. And if that means that we're out there in the snow and the sleet and the rain and the sun and all of the things to get, people what they need, Mm -hmm. that that's really what it is. It makes me happy to know that we're making a difference in someone's life because I hope then in turn that they'll turn around and do the same thing in whatever capacity they can. So whether that's a smile to a stranger, opening a door, like whatever you can do. We have to make the world a better place in one right. way or another. Right. So whatever you can do to help, I think, is just important, especially now.
0: Right. And so our listeners that are, that are called to do this type of work and really want to help, what can they do to physically help on those Mondays? What, what, how do they how do they participate
1: so on Mondays with the mobile pantry when the semi truck comes um, we need people to be out on the line so that means we'd assign you a station so let's say you were eggs this week mm-hmm. and so when the cars would come down the line then you would um, put eggs in every car that comes down the line so we need volunteers to to help us with that inf- or with that part of it and then we clean up everything on the way out the semi truck loads everything um, like all the boxes and stuff back up and takes them out so there's that on Monday if you're a person who maybe can't lift a lot of things, like maybe a gallon of milk is too much for you, we can partner you with someone and you can still help out with that. And then um, Mondays at the pantry too, at the physical pantry, they're always looking for volunteers on that Monday and Wednesday shift to help out. So those are, those are easy ways to help too.
0: Great. So if I wanted to help on those Mondays, do I just show up at a certain time or do I have to sign up? I have to text somebody? How does that work?
1: (laughs) We do have a sign up genius. That way we just kind of can keep track of who's coming and going. Um, And that's on my township Facebook page. And it's also on Woodside's um, page as well. So we can get you that information. So contact me and I can get you to the right spot.
0: So either the township, trip website or Woodside's website and mm-hmm. they, can, they can find it awesome yes all right very good um so a couple other things so you know you obviously have developed into the person that you are but w- was there a person in your life that gave you hope as you were developing into who you are today
1: I think I had quite a few. And I think that's the best part is that um, when we take pieces and parts of our journey and kind of put them all together, I think that really shows kind of like where I've been and where I want to go. Because I talk about that with my students all the time too, that like you have to keep thinking forward and what are you doing and what's next. But um, my grandma was a teacher. Okay. And so um, when we were younger, we would sit down and um, she was a Spanish teacher and we would listen to the Spanish records and she would make us because that's, you know, back in the day, right. that's how you did right. it. School, yes, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we would like talk with her and do the lessons and, and work on that kind of stuff. And I re- always remember thinking that was really cool, like how she got to do that. And she did it for so long. And then um, getting into school, same thing, like you find those teachers that that's just something about them that just sparks your passion. And um, my fifth grade teacher was one of them. Um, And then I had a high school marketing teacher, which is the reason why I'm a high school marketing teacher. So Dr. Brian Piles is the reason um, that I am a high school marketing teacher. And I just thought he had the coolest job ever. Like not only did he tell us about life and get to travel with us and show us things that I probably in my childhood would not have been able to do, um, to go on these cool adventures and meet new people and all these leadership skills and communication and the things at the moment that you don't think maybe are going to be a big deal and now looking to where I am now, I can't imagine my life without those, mm-hmm. DECA included.
0: Right, right. Well, it's so funny you talk about teachers and the role that they play. You know, I think about my life. There's a old football coach that I had, and he he kind of changed my trajectory and my journey one day, and he and I, when we see each other, you know, nowadays it's like at funerals and weddings and right. those kinds of things, and we always reminisce about that day I was walking across the, uh, you know, the IOA, and he beckoned me, and that changed my whole uh, trajectory and journey. But that's the thing about our profession is we never know when we're going to make a difference. And so that's why it's so important that we always give 100 percent every day and, and continue to gauge where our students are when they come in. So, um, so as an educator, you cross you paths with hundreds of students uh, a year and maybe more with some of the volunteering work that you do. But how do you see your role in the lives of uh, these students here at Lake Orion High School?
1: So this is my 19th year in the building. And um, when I said that this year, when the year started, I thought, oh, my goodness, I cannot even believe that I have walked these halls for 19 years, especially not from being this side of the state. Um, And I just remember walking in here thinking this was the biggest building I had ever seen. I did not come from a giant uh, community, so this was Mm -hmm. a pretty big change for me. Mm -hmm. But um, just being able to know every day that that whether it's the little things, like I get a lot of things from a lot of kids, so it might be like, Misty, I need help, like thinking about car insurance, or I'm looking ahead to like move out and I'm thinking about apartments, or I'm looking for a job, or can you look at my resume, like not just the things that I'm teaching them in the classroom curriculum wise, but it's all the extra things that I feel like I want them to know that they can ask me all of those things. And if I don't know the answer, I will help them find the answer Mm -hmm. because I want them to know that that adults can be really helpful and we can help them do all of these things because some of them maybe they're not quite ready for. So how to navigate that. I mean, we talk, I, I can't even tell you all the conversations right. that have gone through Room 101 mm-hmm. uh, in all of my years, but it's the best part, just knowing that maybe that little piece of something that you've said or you've shown them, or that you've done for them, like just might change something that they've done. Just like you said with your coach, like maybe mm-hmm. that little thing right. is just the thing that they needed that day.
0: Right. And you never know. And clearly, you have a very safe uh, classroom culture, and that is again the baseline. And the and the yeah. what you said one on one is your your room. I think. It is. <laughs> uh, but that is the, the the basis of being an effective educator is having strong relationships with the students that we serve and you know we both have the privilege and honor to to get to work here at Lake Orion Community Schools Mm and uh, so you've expanded your responsibilities not only are you a fabulous uh, classroom teacher but you do some work around DECA can you just share with our listeners on how you inspire students through that that program that process yeah
1: so DECA is a co-curricular organization it's a national organization and actually international organization now Um, so I was a member of DECA when I was in high school and um, then my senior year I ran to be a state officer for DECA, which, um, I had never thought of before. And I was so inspired to kind of figure out how to be more a part of this organization. So I did that through high school. And then, um, through college, I actually went to Eastern Michigan University where DECA's headquarters is. And so I got to work for DECA all through college. And then, um, Yeah, I just kind of kept going from there. So with the kids, it's so cool to watch them from day one until when they graduate, and then even after when I see them. I think that's the coolest part is seeing them now as adults and them either Facebook messaging me or seeing them in the community or their parents seeing me and saying, I just have to tell you what Sarah's been doing or I can't wait to tell you about this internship that so-and-so got. Like, that's the part that makes me smile the most because I think – if they didn't have that opportunity, would their path be the same? And not that it's better or worse, but would they have that opportunity? And how cool that is to be able to do that every day.
0: Yeah, I know that, that is awesome. And, you know, all the things you talk about, you talk about giving children hope, students hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you're inspiring them all the time to think differently and to think uh, think beyond. And I think you not only work just with our students, but don't you have some responsibilities and some, some work that you've done beyond even here at Lake Orion High School with Decca
1: yeah so um, with Decca they asked me a few years ago if I would be one of the competitive events um, coordinators for the conference so um, for our district conference here in Lake Orion I host that and I have for I think since 2014 maybe even sooner than that I know I think it's sooner. It's been a okay. long time. It's been a while. So we yep. host that here, and that's about seven to 800 students that come for, like, the first level of competition. And so I host that here at the high school, put together the judges, get all the everybody in the rooms because we have such a great building right. that we use it mm-hmm. beautifully. Yeah. And then, yeah, at the state level, so I sit down with um, another advisor from a different high school, from Heartland High School, and we run all of the competitive event portions um, for Michigan Deco, which is such an honor to be asked to do because – Um, I like that I can see all of the sides. So if a kid comes up and something has happened, they didn't have their right clothes on, whatever the situation was. They had an issue um, getting there. Their transportation was late. Like, okay, I can calm you down. We can work through that. We can work through all the judges, which are business partners from across the state that come together. I mean, it takes a lot of bodies to do this. And then um, at the international level, too, I got asked, I think this is my third year of doing that, um, which is such another cool honor to to know that I'm doing something right on this level to be asked to kind of go and do that at the international conference and um yeah it's been such a blessing just to meet all of the people and to hear what other schools are doing and to know and they inspire me every time I hear something new or like this is a project I'm working on or have you heard about this or what can it what are you going to be working on for next year right. like that part is what's exciting to me
0: yeah no that that's awesome and I had the privilege as, as well as our director <laughs> of communications Mr. Snyder to be a judge this year yes and uh you did a wonderful job with that and not only to see it all uh, transpire here at our at our fantastic high school, but to see all the fabulous students that came before us and the different levels of preparation and and all of that, it mm-hmm. was just really something to see. So you to be congratulated. Clearly, you're doing a great job with oh, that. Well, so thank congratulations. You very much. It takes a team. It takes a yeah, village. Always does. That's <laughs> for sure. So, um, and and so with that, it takes a village to raise you too, right? So yes. with, as you were younger did you have some opportunity or some uh, real difference uh, around volunteerism that made an impact on you? I, I had an opportunity to listen to you talk uh, at our DEI celebration mm-hmm. and, and you shared some things, chose uh, some vulnerability leadership and leadership and that, but you shared some things that were really uh, impactful in, in your life. Would you mind sharing that with us?
1: Yeah, so um, my senior year of high school, we had a class called Service Learning, and um, Mr. Kelly was the wonderful teacher that went to that class. We didn't see eye to eye for a little bit there, and then I realized after why he did all of the things that he did, and it makes me appreciate that even more. pushed me so much harder than I ever thought I could get pushed, and now it's one of the greatest joys that I could see. Um, Yeah, so we had to pick for, we had a semester, and we had to find a place to volunteer every single week. And so I couldn't really think of a place. I couldn't f- put my finger on what I really wanted to do. And so he suggested that I go and work um, with the retired nuns at Notre Dame. Okay. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. I mean, okay. never would a high school student think that this, this was going to be the place for me. And um, it turned out to be such a blessing to be able to go every single week and just sit with people who have incredible stories and just the things that you can learn from just listening. Okay. And I think that was a really neat experience to just know that like there's so much more to the world. And I think I try to share that every day with my students too, is that sometimes we get so wrapped up in just the bubble that's like Orion and what's going on with our friends and social media and all of those things that you have to be a good citizen of the world. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? And kind of point some things out to them to be like, did you think about this? Like maybe right. this is something you could think about right. and just try to get them to get outside the door a little bit more sometimes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like that teacher you didn't see eye to eye with got smarter as you got older, huh? Yes. Yeah. And
1: I do write letters and I have, and I have referenced him and told him many times, like I have so many points in my career, like that. Thank you so much for pushing me that I didn't know that I needed it then, but right goodness am I so glad now (laughs) yeah
0: no that happens in (laughs) classrooms every day I think so awesome so uh, speaking of that you have a a number of great colleagues uh, here at Lake Orion High School and other um, responsibilities that you had but uh, are there any that really stick out to you that just have been exceptional difference makers for students uh, here at the high school or in the community that you would like to tell us about? Oh
1: yeah, um, I think I have to say shout out first to Roger Smith, who's sitting across sure. from us at yep. the moment. But it um, all yeah, Roger, yeah. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and Stephanie Orth with the yearbook, and all of us that that kind of find these niche group of kids that we can bring them together, like our theater, band, choir, like all of those programs that can just be a home for some of our students. Like if you're not the most athletic kid or you were hurt in the sport or you know you can't do that anymore. Like how do we help you find a place where you feel like you fit in, where you can learn, where you can grow, where you can do all of that and feel like you're in a safe place. I think that's the greatest thing we have here is there's so many opportunities for kids to be involved, whether it's in, like we said, our groups or um, NHS or Science National Honor Society or any of the things. I just think giving more opportunities and letting them know that there are other kids like them, and just helping them find that is so important.
0: Yeah, that's great, and thank you for sharing that about your colleagues, for sure. You you obviously are, are doing a wonderful job, and we really appreciate the work that you're doing here at Lake Orion High School. You've certainly been a champion of hope for many, uh, and we've talked a little bit about some of those things, uh, whether they're students or they're community members, so we thank you very much for your work. Uh, so our guest today uh, has been married to Chad, and uh, together they have three children, Peyton, Amelia, and Declan. And don't forget about the dog, Mabel. Yes, Mabel, uh, Mabel yeah.
1: Tallulah Glitter Sparkle Bell is her full name. Oh,
0: pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a mouthful, but I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it. Obviously, a love dog. Uh, so w- we thank them uh, for sharing Miss Julia Dalrymple with us and, and the community, and we look forward to bringing another guest next month as we find another difference maker in our Lake Orient community. Thank you for listening today. I challenge our listeners to be that champion of hope for somebody, anybody. Go Dragons.